GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast, live from the Gateway, special edition from our five-day Web3 Arts and Culture Festival during Art Basel, Miami. If you were there, you saw it. We took over two city blocks, 12 buildings, brought the community together. But if you missed it, you're in luck because we have no shortage of amazing conversations to roll out from the week. Uh, our first one is with a very special guest, Betty, co-founder of Dead Fellas and an outspoken advocate for artist rights in the creator royalty debate. Uh, it was an amazing conversation. Can't wait to dig in. Uh, but before we do, just want to encourage you to sign up for our newsletter at nftnow.com. Each week, we distill all the mayhem in the markets into actionable insights straight to your inbox. So without any further ado, Betty from Dead Fellas, live from the Gateway. Uh, I'm really excited for this chat. Um, I've been looking forward to it. Um, There's so much to get into. You know, Betty has been such an important pillar in the community and a really a really critical champion uh, for, for artists um, at a time when, when creator royalties have, have come under attack. Um, so we're going to dive into everything, but uh, why don't we just start with uh, a bit of a brief intro and, and a little bit of backstory on what Dead Fellas is, the mission with Dead Fellas, and uh, for those who may not know. Yeah, sure. So Dead Fellas um, started, I guess, as a 10K generative PFP project. Um, we launched on Friday the 13th of August, in 2021, which feels like 10 years ago, is, you know, not long ago. (laughs) Um, We were created with um, diversity and inclusion in mind. So all of the traits within Dead Fellas, each individually designed trait, um, was made intentionally to be gender neutral or ambiguous to gender so that when they were all combined, anyone could really just find themselves in the collection because an issue that I had... um, or a hurdle to participate for me personally in the PFP thing was I just didn't see anything that really reflected like who I am or, and I knew that a lot of my friends were having a similar issue. So yeah, that was, that was created with that in mind. And we've since evolved into something completely different, which is um, a brand, a family, a community. Um, it, it really has its own culture that has its own, uh, life force, which is just so special. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. And we're gonna we're gonna dive into the the nature of running a community based project and all that soon. Um, but let's let's talk about um, what's been in the news recently with with uh, with creator royalties. Um, for those who may not know, can you just maybe explain why are creator royalties important, both for a project like Dead Fellas and also for the space at large? Yeah. So um, I think it's really obvious why creator royalties are important. Um, Really, the reason why so many of us joined the space in general, you know, coming from um, a background in creative industries and um, I've always been surrounded by artists. Um, I was raised by artists. All of my best friends are artists. I'm married to an artist. Like, I have seen firsthand um, the the exploitation of creative work and the, the lack of value that people place on it. Um, in a way that, you know, creative work brings value and humanity to very in, in, inhuman kind of inanimate situations, right? In every situation. You see this beautiful building, the architecture is art, the ceiling is art, like the ornate doors, are, it's, it makes it nicer to be here on this planet, right? It brings value to everything, but it's not valued in return. Um, 
And so with this space, all of a sudden we saw a new value placed on on creative work. And while that's problematic in some ways because it's quite hard to to put a value on something that is really just creative expression of of your own humanity and soul, um, it really helps people navigate the world that we live in, which is, you know, realistically, we need to be able to move through this world and within these systems. Um, And so the value that we were finding in this space all of a sudden allowed artists to do that in a new way, never seen before, especially with digital art, which was, you know, for years, Syke would create art and it's like he's only ever been a digital artist really and that was always not valued at all. You know, that's not real art and that's that's the argument that we were having back then. Now it's should artists even <laughs> receive payment for their work um, royalties in perpetuity mean that musicians can release something and see value in, in what they have created forever. You know, that, that's an insane thought. All of a sudden, like, the, the curtains have been opened and we've found this, this new path where everyone can win, arguably, sometimes, you know. Wagme's like... <laughs> to a reasonable degree to an extent Um, but then we've seen this shift now in response to truly I think the bear market um, where marketplaces and large institutions that were profiting off of creative work which is fine as long as the artists are too um, have really just shifted focus on traders and flippers right and and completely ignored um, the needs of the the artists that are creating the value in the first place. So it's been a it's been a big, crazy, tumultuous time, and I think there's there's a lot of noise, um, but there are baseline facts, which is you know without without acknowledging that artists and creators are the one bringing the value to the space and providing the things to trade. There is nothing here. Like we we're here for what? it may as well be, we may as well be flipping shit coins or just red squares, like, you know? 100%, 100%. And, you know, at NFT Now, our, our mission is empower the creators of culture and help bring this technology from niche to mainstream. So we stand 100% behind creator royalties. It was incredibly inspiring to see you, uh, Bobby Hundreds, Thank You X, really stand up for the artist community uh, after OpenSea's... Uh, announcement, quasi-announcement that they were considering, you know, making this move after it seemed like every domino was falling. Each of these marketplaces was moving to 0% and the like. And to see that, that groundswell, to see that, that grassroots effort that you led um, was really, really heartening. But we also recognize that the, the fight is not yet won. So I'd love to just hear a bit about the backstory there. Like, like take us through the situation room. Like, like okay. how did you lead that? And, and, and how did that all happen? It was, um, so I was in LA and I just happened to be in LA and um, where, you know, something that I don't really think marketplaces realizes or, or anyone that organizes, um, you know, even brands that participate in the space, we all talk to each other. Because we, we need to, like, work together. And we understand that. And that's, that's a big ethos of Web3. And it's something that hasn't really been seen very much between artists because it's, like, that scarcity mindset and how we're all, like, I need that job, I need that job. Um, I'm finding that in this industry we do all talk to each other and, and it's, it's necessary, right, to protect each other and make sure that we're progressing in a way that benefits everyone. 
Um, so it came through the grapevine that this is what was going to happen. Um, and we were all like, well, we need to act like very quickly because this is bad for everyone. Um, not only because creators and artists create the value that is tradable, but that, you know, they in turn participate in buying people's art because of royalties. Um, especially with marginalized communities and, and people that are typically not given the same resources or opportunities to be funded, you know, 98% of VC funding goes to men and the majority of that is to white men. Um, that's a statistic that is not made up, it's reality. And so with this, with the royalties thing, it provides an opportunity to break out of that and to essentially crowdfund what you want to build. I did that. That's me. That's literally me. I had nothing. I borrowed $500 from my friend um, to register the website for Deadfellas before we launched. Um, and so, especially like with, with Bobby and Ryan, we, we identify that other people need that opportunity too. It's, it's in my best interest for other people to continue to win and to continue to have those opportunities. Otherwise, the ecosystem falls flat and it's the exact same as what's been happening. Um, so it was an urgent thing. It was like urgency. Like, this is an emergency. We all were contacting them behind the scenes. Um, the announcement that was supposed to be for the following week, I believe, was pushed to uh, Saturday at 9 p.m. Um, there was no... What was, what was interesting was there was no addressing that royalties were, were not going to be honoured for existing collections. That wasn't something that was spoken about. It was, it was framed in a way that we're providing you tools, right? And this is a good thing. And so the response initially was, this is great. Like, you know, we've got these tools and whether you agree that the tools are a benefit or not, that's debatable. That's, you know, down to the individual. I don't believe that... Um, any centralized tool like that is is a good thing. I think that um, we need to look more at open source um, resources and tools like what Manifold and Bueno produce, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it wasn't addressed, the royalties thing. And so when we started shining light on like, no guys, like this is what's being spoken about right now, it was, it shifted. And people were like, wait, what? because it wasn't addressed. The communication was so unclear, but I believe, and I don't know whether this is true or not, this is entirely my opinion, but I believe that, it, I mean, it felt intentional, right? It felt like it was an intentional redirection, like a, don't look over there, look at this, like, not there. Um, and for that, for that to happen, and, to, and then to immediately be like, guys, no, <laughs> um, we got on the phone, all of us, in, there was like Farouk, um, Richard from Manifold, thank you, ex-Bobby, um, Naveen from Yak. Yeah, everyone was like, you know, behind the scenes working together. We had a group chat um, to figure out what we were doing and everyone kind of brought their own power to it, which was really cool because everyone has their own superpower. Mine is like connecting people and... Um, you know, we saw Fiwo write the letter that was, like, very emotional and really helped people understand the context of why people need this. Um, yeah, we were on the phone, and it was, it was just concerning to me because it was, like, the, the biggest marketplace in this, in this space 
doesn't know the direction that they're going in and have they kept saying you know we're asking for your responses and like your input and and all of that there was nothing in that communication that asked for any sort of input or solutions and to me it was just concerning that there didn't seem to be a clear direction and the direction that we were going in was in a direct opposition to the benefit of the creators that made that platform valuable in the first place right um and i think that with people this is a generalization but i feel like especially with creatives there can be a level of apathy that maybe isn't intentional but when you are apathetic it it really means that when things happen to you that impact you so much um nothing will change and so it it felt like like urgent and an emergency to to really get people together so that people's voices you know could form this like absolutely not this cannot happen and that's what happened it was really really heartwarming it was um encouraging it felt like a big shift in what in what was going on um before all of this and it was um it was this for me anyway personally it was the first time that we had um or i had put an effort towards changing something and it actually happened you know in what concerning a, a huge entity like that like that's not typical right um so it was really cool they turned around and you know eventually we we're, we're going to um we're going to continue on a creating royalty creator royalties for existing collections but then you know now it's like there is a group of collections from um when those decisions were made to when this this new contract thing is is getting put in place that currently don't have royalties and can't change that and so there's like those sorts of things to me i i don't know i feel like we put too much reliance on centralized large bodies or companies um and that's not why we're here i think that we need to continue to work together and to um share resources and tools to really operate with self sovereignty and um own our own work and decentralization a lot of people especially if they're just trading well i've i've had this said to me and i'm sure other people have heard this um this is de- it's decentralization i should be able to choose if i'm not paying a royalty to you i would arguably say that decentralization really means that artists and creators and founders have the control over where their work shows up how it's received you know how it's rewarded and and for how long that's not a one size fits all situation not all nfts are created in the same way for the same reasons with the same utility a one of one artist is very different to a a 10k um you know to a utility token or a governance token all of these things are so different and they have to be treated differently i feel like we're at that point now where things will start to shard off and we'll be able to like really see those um those individual lanes but we're at a point right now where i feel like we can the, the amount of brilliance in the space right um is astounding and we do need to share information and work together to make sure that we all benefit from that um rather than just relying on these big players um which i do believe that people that work at those institutions have 
the best interests of creators in mind. But we do need to also recognize that um, companies like that are not people. There are people within those companies that are wonderful, incredible, amazing individuals. But as a whole, OpenSea is not a person. LuxRare is not a person. Um, but there are real people behind these projects and these these art pieces um, that, that really are. And with royalties, they can pay their rent. It's not about getting rich for people, for so many people. There are a small percentage of people that have created so much wealth. That's not for everyone, right? It's how it is. But for some people, sales with royalties in perpetuity means that they have a better quality of life day to day. You know, they can afford healthcare or they can get better gas for their car or they can, you know, afford nicer food or to pay their school fees or whatever. Um, that shouldn't be taken away from people. 100% agree. And, you know, I think it also, it aligns incentives the right way where it actually, like, it, it encourages people to continue to create value for their communities and continue to put, push their projects forward. Um, you know, a, as I mentioned, you know, I want to thank you first off on behalf of the, of the creator, the creator economy. Please give Betty a round of applause for all of her work. But... <laughs> But, but like we said, the, the battle is not won. Um, and, and I know you recently tweeted uh, that, that you'd heard that potentially you know, the CEOs of, of major markets were, were coordinating together to try to set 0% as the standard. Um, what, what are you hearing? What is the next front in this, in this war? And, and how can we, as a community, um, help defend artists? It's so funny because I feel like... Um, so I don't typically share rumors or talk about rumors like that. Um, but I feel like we were so distracted um, in the last week or so, well, the last few weeks with, you know, everything that's going on with FTX and all of this other stuff. And this was just something that I heard from someone that I do trust. Um, and I feel like with, with rumors, there's always a shred of truth, you know? And I feel like the conversation and the topic needs to continue in the sense that even, you know, when the, when the original announcement came out, like, it wasn't explicitly said that, royalties were going to go to zero for existing that was the intention and so we don't know what the intention of, is of these marketplaces but we can't leave it to those marketplaces to make those decisions on our behalf um, because they were going to do that you know that's what's concerning to me that was the intention what's changed the backlash perhaps the threat to the bottom line perhaps I don't know um, I don't want these companies to fail it's not good for us, for the largest marketplace in the space to fail. I don't want that. I want real dialogue. You know, we spoke, I've been speaking to lots of different marketplaces. Um, and one of them recently was saying, you know, we care about artists. We care about creators. And I said, okay, how many artists and creators did you speak to when you created this platform? Or really since you've launched? Me. That day. That was it. That was it. And I feel like that is so incredibly problematic. They, they didn't speak to the people that are creating the things to trade, but they're valuing only traders and flippers, which, you know, in this ecosystem, everyone has their part, everyone has their role, like in nature, you know? When you take something out of that, everything falls. Something happens. It's like when <laughs> cane toads were introduced to Australia you know, to solve a problem. It didn't solve anything. It became its own problem. 
I feel like a lot of the time um, big companies uh, create problems intentionally or otherwise and then profit from the solution that they bring in to the problem that they created and that, that needs to stop. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the battle is not won, but again, I'm not at war with anyone individually. Um, I believe in bringing value and focusing on bringing value and to me and to most other people that I've spoken to, that means um, providing resources and tools and education um, for individuals to take control of their own path outside of relying on on what's going on. Um, it was Richard from Manifold uh, when we were speaking when, you know, when OpenSea reversed their decision or decided to go a different way, um, said, you know, we've, we've just kicked the can down the road. And it's true. That is what's happened. Um, we can say, oh, we won, but we didn't. There's nothing to win. We need to make sure that creators continue to come into this space and, and be empowered to, to do what I have done and what other people have done um, because I want that. I want the longevity of this industry to continue and if we start to just focus on people that are flipping my work or other people's work um, that is you know based on, on real culture, like our community at Deadfellas is a home for people. It's not, there are people that flip and trade and whatever, that's fine, it plays its part, but that's not my focus. My focus is the human beings and their place in the community that we have and the, the things that we can create together, that's, that's my focus. Um, and I've gotten to this point because of royalties and people are often, well, a couple of people, oh, look at Betty, she just wants to make more money, she just wants her royalties. It's not about me. I've made, I've made my royalties. Like, I've done that, and, I, and it's allowed me to build a brand so quickly that we are so legitimate that we can work with legacy brands in a way that makes sense now. That isn't typical. People don't just come out with a brand and then they can do all the things that we've done or what Doodles does or what, you know, Artifact is doing. It's because of royalties. It's like a, it's the context is understandable to, to Web2. Like, wow, look at what they're doing. That's, that's valuable. Take that away. We have to rely again on institutions. It takes our power away which disproportionately affects marginalized creators. And that's, I'm here to, to protect those people and to champion those people. People will say, why do you put yourself in the firing line? Um, yeah, it's fucking exhausting. It's really hard. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, the things that I say upset a lot of people sometimes, but if I don't say them, who will? You know? And the, thing, the doors that I open for people by saying that validates them to be able to walk through. And they can open doors for other people and it ripples off like that, right? If I don't do that, then there isn't a progression for people like me. There's other people like me doing the same thing and I don't want that to start dropping off. No, incredible points across the board. You know, I think you brought up something really interesting when you think about like these different subsets and different components. There's almost these different creative and consumer priorities that exist in all these categories. One one thing, one reason I know that 
we're still early, is that people tend to think about NFTs as a category rather than a medium that transcends all categories. And each of these ones have their own creative and consumer priorities at play, and it's ridiculous to expect one from the other necessarily. So, you know, in running a community-based project like Deadfellas, um, obviously I've, I've always said, like, it's easy to espouse community in a bull market when things are going up, but we're going to see the real test of communities during the bear. Um, and Deadfellas has continued to thrive through the bear. And so I'd love to hear your perspective. What have been some of the insights and lessons learned about community building um, at a time when, you know, it, it is easy to, you know, hear negativity from the speculators and the number go up crowd and, and all that? It's been something that, um, so the dev, one of the devs that we used to launch um, was uh, 9999, the last CryptoPunk. And what they said to me, uh, before we launched was never focus on um, the fluctuation of the floor price, don't talk about it. And I wasn't anyway, but like just to hear that again told to me by someone that I respected <clears throat> was was really great. And, and so I, I did, I took that through everything that I do. I lead with and have always led with the belief that people just want to be heard they want to belong to something. They want to be loved. They want to feel connected emotionally to things, right? It's the connectivity of um, creative work. It, it provides people validation for their own existence in many ways. Um, and so to lean into that and to have that as something that you create a project around or, you know, art around, whatever you're creating... Um, if you're leading with the intention of providing people that space through the lens of your own your own values, and because <clears throat> a lot of people have, you know, recently, I'm sure you saw this as well, you should, you're too political. You shouldn't be political. DeFi is political. <laughs> Crypto is political. Um, everything is political. If you drink the water, um, if you breathe the air, if you're wearing clothes, like if you are participating in a society, you're impacted by politics in some way for me to say something um, that might be left-leaning or right-leaning doesn't necessarily mean that I'm affiliated with any um, party. I personally believe that none of it really works. Um, but my interest is, is human rights and, and allowing people to belong to stuff. That is how we've led with Deadfellas. If you lead with what is in your heart and what you truly believe in, other people will identify that really quickly and they'll find a home in what you're doing, however you, whatever you believe in. Um, and so to, to start with that and to lead with that means that culture is born and it develops and it takes a life of its own. The moderators that we have with Deadfellas um, are Deadfellas. You know, like they, they embody what our community is, who we are, um, and they perpetuate it. People that are, have been in the community for a long time, they do the same thing. And it is a life of its own. It means it transcends finance and all of that stuff because it means so much more. When finance falls away, if there is nothing left, there's no point to it, in my opinion. And you can see this at certain events that you go to at these conferences where, um, you know, you get all these people in a room, stick a DJ there. What do they have to connect to? They don't really know how to even speak to each other. Um, but then you go to certain other events, <laughs> um, Deadfellas ones, um, and people are genuinely excited to see each other because they literally love each other. They're, they feel like family because they are in many ways. Um, that, that is what 
brand building that means something is. You can have both in the same in the same space, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's more powerful. It's a vehicle for social change of the best interest of the people in the community. It gives people a voice. It gives people a platform. Like a lot of the things that we do are, are to create space um, and amplification for others like us. And that will always be a focus of what we're doing. And I, I see that in other communities as well. True culture. When you start to prioritizing profit over people, there's an issue there. And I feel like that's what a lot of the marketplaces are doing right now. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. No, and we, we appreciate you for that. Um, I know we have a, just a few minutes left, but you know, one thing that I want to chat a bit about too is mental health in this space is such an important issue. And especially running uh, a community-based project where you, you get all the feedback, the positivities, but also the, 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 the negative sentiments. And it's, it's hard to keep everyone happy when you have 10,000 people to please, right? And, and beyond. Um, beyond, actually, because you, you have uh, dead friends and, and, and beyond. So, and I know also you, you run Dead Fellows with your husband, Freak. And, um, and that's probably amazing in many ways, but also presents its own unique challenges in terms of boundaries and the like. We were, we were talking about how like vacation just isn't a thing. Um, so how, how do you stay grounded? How do you navigate that um, in running a project like Dead Fellows? Um, it's really interesting. I'll say the balance word. There's no such thing as balance, in my opinion. I think it's a fool's errand. And I also think that trying to please everyone is a fool's errand. I think that as, as difficult, insanely difficult as it is to receive uh, negative feedback, which... Um, happens often if I say anything that is, you know, slightly divisive. Um, the avalanche that comes to me is uh, astronomical sometimes. And the things that happen behind the scenes are daily. So what you guys see publicly, I see in DMs every single day across every platform. Um, and that's really hard, but something that I challenged myself with and, and have to kind of come to terms with is I work in a place where the the things that I have to say do challenge the status quo for the most of the people in in the industry and that means that it's going to upset people um I'm not going to make everyone happy and um as long as I continue the work that I do that will continue so rather than trying to stop it or avoid it just doing it anyway regardless um that's difficult it's hard um yeah working with my husband is amazing because it means that we can um you know share the load a lot but like he we have different roles so it's it's still very difficult it's nice that he can understand and see and have the context of what's going on so it means that I get that support which is nice um but yeah I I do think it's actually really valuable though to be able to be immediately um accessible and to receive feedback that's negative too as much as sometimes I'm like you know it, it is very valuable to have that to have that discourse immediately with people that are not happy because then I can identify oh why aren't they happy what have I done wrong um what can I change in the future how have I gone about this and so um yeah it's good and bad there's there's no there's no balance (laughs) I just have to staying grounded I, I lean into the benefits of being part of my own community which is amazing this is the most inspired and invigorated and energized and and committed I've ever felt to anything because I've been able to bring my whole self to my work for the first time in my life Um, and to be received for who I am in in my entirety 
by people is incredible and and I endeavor to do that for other people as well. It's just been so emotional to be here this week and to see people that I admire win in their own lanes and celebrate them. Um, I think that's what the space is all about and I'd like to, you know, make sure that um, everyone is acknowledging that uh, because that's how we move forward. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, we are out of time. Everyone give it up for Betty from Deadfellas. Thank you very much. Wow, what a conversation. I just love speaking with Betty. Uh, You can just tell how passionate she is about this space, about her community, and about ensuring that we are building a more equitable creative economy for creators. Uh, As we mentioned, uh, this fight is far from over, and I can't wait to see what initiative she continues to lead at the forefront of this space. Uh, This has been great. Uh, Before I leave you, I want to encourage you uh, to leave us a review at your favorite podcast streaming service of choice. Uh, We love to get your feedback. We love to see the stars as we gear up to to relaunch season two of the NFT Now podcast. Uh, We will see you soon.